Don't make any rash decisions. Don't be rolling money over if you're retiring early because it could hinder you um, for withdrawals and you might need those dollars to, you know, to stay retired. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome in to the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Mike Coynan, founder and owner at Principal Preservation Services. You'll find him online at principalpreservationservices.com. You'll also find his YouTube channel. A lot of content there on Retirement Reality On Demand, new videos once a week. So make sure you check that out as well. Today, we're talking about the most important birthdays in retirement planning. There's a lot of different ages you should be thinking about, especially as you're getting close to retirement and some things that you need to be considering. So we'll go through that today, along with some mailbag questions as well. Mike, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great. Good morning. We're doing great. Good morning. I know you uh, recently got a little chance to get out of town, get down to, uh, to South Texas for a little uh, rest and relaxation. Did you get to recharge a little bit? We did. It was about eight days down there in uh, mid, mid-March. We were down uh, Galveston Island. Never checked that out before. Tried something different this year. It was just um, just relaxing. And uh, it was better weather than we had up here in the Midwest. So it's always good to get out, recharge your batteries, and you know, do a lot of nothing. We, we did some <laughs> things too, but uh, checked out a ro- rodeo there. So everything's bigger up there. And, you know, of course, in Texas, uh, they do a whole month long rodeo there in Houston. So we went up there for a rodeo. That's even, cool. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you get away like that, do you ignore your emails completely or are you checking in every now and then? Um, mostly I, I ignored it. I, I don't like to, I used to be on top of things, but, uh, but when you have enough staff here to, to take over things, I don't have to do anything. I, I really don't want to check in. I really want to enjoy uh, family time and vacation. So, you know, I, uh, I had one Zoom meeting when I was there, and that was it. <laughs> and okay. I didn't check any emails because this is kind of nice when I figured out that whole email thing where you say, I'm going to be out of town. I won't be back till next week. Yeah. Uh, I figured that to do that, um, everybody knows, call the office. <laughs> so, yeah, talk to so-and-so. They'll take care yeah. of you. Leave me alone. Right. Now, that's yeah. great. I'm glad you got a chance to get away, and uh, hopefully everyone gets a chance to enjoy some some vacation time this year. But today we're going to talk about the most important birthdays in retirement planning. And if you haven't found us yet again, check out the website, principalpreservationservices.com. You can set up a time to meet with, with Mike and his team there. And if you want to call the office directly, you can do so as well at 855-987-8888. Um, you know, there are certain age milestones that you really need to be paying attention to when you, you start thinking about retirement planning and making progress. So we want to look at some of these birthdays that you might not be aware of are important ages and what you should be considering and what you should be checking off your list as you get closer to that retirement date. So Mike, we'll start with 50. This is not an age most people are really tuned into retirement, right? You might start to be thinking about it a little bit, but you're still probably a little ways off. But age 50, there is a chance to start catching up, right? Yeah, they have that, that catch up, they call it, on your contributions. Uh, the employer-sponsored plan, whether you have a 401k, 403b, uh, maybe a, a deferred comp, 457, or a TSP, you can ju- contribute an additional $6,500 a year into those employer-sponsored plans. So uh, for 2022, if you're under 50, it's $20,500 is a maximum contribution you can make. But once you hit 50, additional 6500 So that's $27,000 of contributions you can make in your employer-sponsored plan. Um, the IRAs, you know, whether it's traditional or Roth IRA, um, you can do an extra thousand. So it's the six thousand dollar contribution plus the one thousand dollar catch up. 
so it's seven thousand. So it helps you just be able to to make some um, some better gain, you know, better opportunity to to grow your retirement accounts, especially as, as you're getting closer. For some people, they really didn't start you know retirement savings until maybe they're you know, 40s or close to 50. So this gives you an opportunity to start putting some major contributions away for opportunity for uh, faster growth. Do a lot of people know about this, Mike? I feel like this is not something that's talked about a whole lot. Like I, I could see you not really paying attention to this until you're like 52 or 53 and you miss out on a, a few years of really good growth. A lot of people don't know and unless you're really working with somebody because, you know, they don't really, yeah, yeah these Put these inserts in um, <laughs> your statements. You know who reads your statements when you get you know these employer sponsor plans. Most people don't look at them, or they just look at the balance and that's they stuff it back in the envelope. Um, so you're, you, most people don't have an advisor that they're working with. So that's the problem with that. When you're trying to wing it, and do it yourself, um, you're not going to know these these dates unless you're doing some self study. Very good. Well, let's talk about another uh, age in the fifties, age fifty-five. So a lot of a lot of as we're getting close to retirement is about with learning how to withdraw money and, and planning a strategy for that. And fifty-five is a chance where you can start pulling out of some of those retirement accounts, right? Yeah, and this is um, important for a lot of people who are retiring early. We're a big fan of not keeping these employer sponsor plans, putting them into an IRA, except for the exception if you're retiring early, because if you're under fifty-nine and a half. Uh, the IRS will penalize you 10% um, if that money's in an IRA uh, for withdrawals. You know, so if you're taking money out of your IRA, you know, before or Roth IRA before 59 and a half, there is a penalty. So the key is, I, we just had a few of these clients come in recently that have retired early. I said you're going to have to keep your money here because you're allowed to take withdrawals from your 401k as long as you're over 55 without penalties. But the money has to stay in there. But there's some caveats to it. Um, it has to come from your last employer as well. So you know, if this is you have a 401k from a job five years ago, and then you work this job. Uh, five years before retirement, and you have this smaller 401k from your previous employer, it only works with that previous, the last employer you work for. So the key is understanding the rules. Uh, don't make any rash decisions. Don't be rolling money over if you're retiring early because it could hinder you um, for withdrawals and you might need those dollars to, you know, to stay retired. Yeah, that's that's an important point to make is not to make any rash decisions on this. Just because you might be able to pull money out there doesn't mean you should. So something right. to be thinking about. But to know that option is possibly on the table before you get age 55 is good to know. All right, fast forward, 59 and a half. I love the half ages that they, they give yeah. us here, Mike. It always makes things easy, right? But what happens here at this age? Well, a couple things, really. It's um, You're allowed to take withdrawals out of your IRAs without any 10% penalty. The IRS says you're old enough now. You know they, they trust you. So now you can take money out of your, your investments without any penalty. But that's also the age that you can do in-service rollovers from your employer sponsor plans to IRAs. And you know they, they put that in place. 99% uh, of the people have that ability to do that. Uh, every once in a while we run across a very small employer that will hinder you from maybe rolling all of it or you know, um, or even sometimes any of it over until you actually retire. But it's great to be able to put those dollars into your, uh, have more control. And I will say when you have these employer sponsor plans and you have limited investment options, why would you want to keep it there long term? Your employer sponsor plans are meant to grow your money while you're working, um, not meant to for distribution. They don't do planning, um, especially when we work with a lot of federal um, employees and they have the TSP, Thrift Savings Plan. 
in the thrift savings plan, there's I think ten ten holdings you could pick from. You know, they got all these letters. You got the G fund, the F fund, the S fund, the C fund, the I fund. You know, the L funds. You know, so um, and the, the myriad of the L funds. But um, no, they don't even tell you what you're investing in. They they have no. You have no idea. You, they just give you generalities of what you are investing in. So, why would you want to keep your money long term into these? mystery investments <laughs> because they don't even tell you exactly what ticker symbols you're in. So take control over your money and put them in IRAs. And there's some better advantages in retirement to have IRAs over employer sponsor plans anyway. So 59 and a half is a big one here in our office. And a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, I think a lot of people think more about the 60s. Once they're in their 60s, a lot of things happen. But the 50s is an important age for you. So again, if you haven't worked with your advisor, or your your planner, make sure you sit down and start talking about these things and have a strategy for them when you reach this age because 59 and a half is an important one, as Mike points out. All right, age 62. Now we're getting into some of the key ages here, Mike, that everyone thinks about in retirement. But 62 is important because this is when Social Security kicks in. Yeah, and roughly 62 in a month is the, the official date. But you are eligible to take Social Security, but there's a lot of uh, pieces that go with that because if you're still working, you don't want to be filing for Social Security most likely because uh, there's income limits. They have the earnings test under Social Security that limits how much money you can make and collect. So now if you're retired, that might be the better option for you. The key is you want to find out what is the best date for you because it could be different for everybody. Um, if you're married, it, that goes into changes things as well. Maybe your spouse is going to work longer. That's going to cover health care. And uh, maybe you don't need to file. You can let that money grow. Or maybe you had a small benefit anyways, and it really won't make a, a big difference. Maybe you have the smallest benefit, so you, you could file early. But again, if you want to work and collect, this year in 2022, you're allowed to make $1,630 a month. If you make above that $1,630 a month and collect Social Security early before your full retirement age, they're going to penalize you. So for every $2 you go above that $1,630 a month, they take $1 benefit away. So for example, let's just say you you had a, a you know a part-time job or a good job that you made $2,630. You made $1,000 more and you're collecting Social Security. And let's pretend your Social Security was $1,200 a month. Well, you went over your limit by a thousand, they're going to take half of that money away that you went over. So $500 penalty, subtract that from your $1,200 benefit. Now you're only going to get $700. So a lot of people don't understand that either. And you said, why did my, my check get, you know, demolished here and, and taken apart? Well, it's because you made too much money. You shouldn't file if you're going to be making over a certain amount of money. That's why I think bus companies are great part-time jobs for people who want to you know, get out of the, the workforce full-time and just go into a part-time job, they know these limits. You can always work a, a bus, you know, work for a bus company, stay within those limits without penalty. All right, 62 is a very important one. Again, Social Security, you you can claim it, but it doesn't mean you should right, right. right away. All right, um, so anybody that wants to retire before age 65, and a lot of people are make that a goal for themselves, you got to be thinking about health care costs because mm-hmm. age 65 is that key age where Medicare c- kicks in. Yeah, so at 65, that's kind of getting to be more of the the more default retirement age now because of the Medicare and the healthcare costs are so expensive, like you said. So uh, unless you're going to keep your income at these really low numbers to be on, you know, uh, marketplace, the Affordable Care Act, and you have to watch your dollars because if you go over these these income limits, all those subsidies that you get, you know, these breaks off your healthcare 
go back to you and, and you have to pay that back. So that's why 65 is so, so important. So um, Medicare age, uh, right now that's where it is. They might change that in the future, but take advantage of that and, and make sure you work with your planner to make sure that that's still a good fit to be filing for that. And for Medicare, by the way, you have a seven month, seven month window to apply. Three months prior to your, the month of your birthday, the month of your birthday, and three months after. So you have that seven month window to uh, register for Medicare Part B, A and B. Um, after that, it could be penalized unless you're working and you're under employer sponsor plan. Uh, the key is if you're still working, do you have to sign up for Medicare? Uh, the answer is no, you don't have to. Um, if you're with an employer that's 20 people or more, you can just continue to be on your um, health plan. Um, if it's under 20 employees, you have to sign up for Medicare A and B. So just so you know that. Okay. All right. Beyond 65, a few more dates to be thinking about. Age 66 or 67 is actually the full retirement age for Social Security, correct? Right. And anywhere in between. Okay. So uh, 19, you know, 1954 and younger, the full retirement age is 66, and then you get to 1955, it's 66 in two months, and, and so on. Born in 1956, 66 in four months, and it goes all the way up to 67 is the maximum 100% benefit now. And that's where they are today, and that means you're taking your Social Security without penalty. That's your 100% benefit. Now, you can delay it later if you want till 70. That's a maximum, but that's, uh, um, it all depends on if that fits your needs or not. But and these are going to change most likely here in the future. Full retirement age benefits will change. I don't think for anybody under 67, of course, but it's anybody from, you know, I just turned 50 here a few months ago, Ben, and my full retirement age is 67, which, you know, for somebody who's 12 years older than me, it's the same date, 67. So uh, they might be, you know, born in 1960, you know, and uh, they have the same full retirement age. So I don't fully expect my 67th, you know, birthday of Social Security to be there. I think it's going to change before I get there. It might be 68 for me. So uh, we'll see, but that's where the numbers are today. All right. And then beyond that, age 72 is important. Why? RMDs. Yep. That's where the IRS said we've been patient long enough. <laughs> uh, you never pay taxes on your money and your IRAs and 401ks. Now pay up. You know, so uh, that's when you have to start taking a, a percentage required minimum distribution. Um, they look at your December 31st balance from the previous year. So if you're 72 this year, they look at December 31st balance of last year, multiply that by 3.65%. And that's what you have to take out sometime this year. You have to take that out, pay taxes on that money, whatever tax bracket you're in. And if you don't take your RMDs out, there's a 50% penalty. So let's pretend all the listeners here have a million dollars balance of December 31st last year. That means you have to take out $36,500. If you don't take it out, there's an $18,250 penalty, 50%. So you want to make sure you're taking your RMDs every year um, and don't miss those. There's a lot of people who are before our clients, they've missed several years. I had one client over 10 years ago. She missed her first five years. Hmm. And... Um, you know, when I met her. And so she was going through the process with the IRS to ask for forgiveness, just take out those, the RMDs that she missed and pay taxes on it. But she didn't know. She just didn't have any idea. And her current advisor never told her or never followed up because that wasn't their specialty planning, retirement planning. They were just an investment firm, not a, re not a retirement planning firm. So, mm -hmm. so you understand your RMDs. They have to they come out on IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, TSPs, you know, deferred comp. Even if you leave your 
Roth 401ks and Roth employer sponsor plans in the plan at 72, they're going to force you to take an RMD on those as well. A lot of people don't understand that, but it's true. You have to take a, a required minimum distribution from those Roth accounts that you already pay taxes on um, if you leave it in those employer sponsor plans. Got it. So these are just some key ages. And again, I think you can kind of close out the conversation, Mike, by saying, you know, no matter where you are in life, no matter when your next birthday is, it's important that your next one is the one that you're really paying attention to, right? Because that's no matter where you are, it's important to be putting a plan in place, taking the steps towards having that retirement confidence. I 100% agree. And, and you don't have to wait till your birthday to do so. Today is a new day. Let's turn a leaf and, and get the planning done because um, how do you know? How do you know? Uh, you know, what your retirement is going to look like if you haven't put together a plan. This is a, a stat I read last week, Ben. Um, I think Transamerica posted this. They said for um, 18%, 18% of people retired have a written plan. There's more that might have had some plan put up on the screen and showed you, uh, some advisor might have showed something, but they actually had a written plan written out, uh, printed out to give to somebody already retired. Only 18% hmm. of people retired. So that's less than one out of five people that actually have a written plan retired don't be one of those 18 percent get your plan done know your numbers and and you might be leaving retire sooner than you thought yeah that's important to know all right so again if you have questions and you want to talk through some of these or you have an important birthday coming up and want to get a strategy in place log on principalpreservationservices.com or you can call them at 855-987-8888 all right a couple of mailbag questions before we close out today's show and we'll start off uh, with one from kenneth who says i'd always assume that i'd send my kids to an in-state college but my daughter is very interested in a private school that costs six times as much can i really justify that kind of expense for a college education i'm skeptical that our education would really be six times better there i'm skeptical too here <laughs> kenneth mm. so um, unless it's uh, for a very specific um, field that your child is going for you know i understand there's some very you know Certain colleges are are known for you know 100% placement in certain certain positions. If that's the case, you know. Uh, um, but if it's a general um, degree, I, I I really don't see the the major difference. It's not worth six times as much for most uh, of these careers career paths. So I have a, pr- a big big problem with that as well. The big thing is what I want to say with your retirement, Kenneth, is you know, you don't just assume you have to do that because you're the parent. Um, if you can afford to do it, great. You know, if you can afford to help your child go to college and or even private you know, universities as well, that's great. But most people can't afford to cover that way, um, and they're affecting their retirement, which means they're going to have to work longer. They're going to have to cut back on their contributions um, or stop their contributions for a while to pay these expensive bills. So just make sure it's not affecting your retirement, so you have to work longer. Um, that's a big. If you can afford it, great. If it's uh, for a specific, specific uh, career career path, um, that might be necessary. But I don't think for most, it, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely a tough situation to be in because it's hard to push back on your kids, right, Mike? Really, in that it spot is. Too. And you know, I, and I have a different um, philosophy with that, and I can afford to pay for all my kids' colleges, but I also want them to to earn it. Yeah, and in a sense, and, and appreciate it, and. Um, you know, when I was in school, nobody helped me, and I had to go through, you know, school myself and pay my own bills and my own loans and and loan living expenses. So I, it just forces you to grow up and appreciate things more um, than rather. I, I had a friend of mine whose parents were wealthy and paid his way, and he didn't have to work. He just 
he went to the mall and he'd be buying stuff left and right on his parents' bill. And I just like, man, he doesn't respect money. Mm -hmm. He doesn't understand the value of money. And so I'd much rather force the kids to actually get some loans out and um, reality help them out when they're paying it after school rather than paying it before school. Now they're more mature, they're gonna appreciate it, they're gonna respect it, uh, you more, appreciate you more, love you more for helping you out after school and help get those loans paid off afterwards and rather on the front end. That's my opinion. Yeah, all right, let's take one more question from Jack. He says, I thought about meeting with a financial advisor to plan my retirement, but I've never used a budget or anything like that. Should I use a budget for a few months before meeting with someone? I don't know if you need to use a budget before, I mean, um, I think it's important to write down your budget. I think it's just good to you know, pull out all the, the data from your credit cards and your debit cards and your banks. Uh, you know, how many, not many people are writing checks anymore, but just to know your numbers. That's one thing when we get detailed on budget, on, on the planning piece, you know, a lot of people don't know. They just don't know and, and they just estimate it. So I think just taking some due diligence to find out where are you spending your money. Um, recent couple who came in, they thought they were only spending a little over 4000 a month. Turns out they were spending over 8000 a month. You know, so they were way off on their budget because they made good income. They weren't paying attention, but they were just buying things that really weren't needed. And they were, you know, sometimes we, had, we were paying for even subscription services for $15 a month that we're not using. Why pay for that? Gym memberships and you haven't gone for over a year. You know, so... Um, Get down and just write down the budget. Look to see where you're spending. Pull the, it might take some due diligence. I don't think you have to live that way for a few months. Now, I do believe in retirement. Sometimes they have to do a dry run to see if you can live off of what you need your income's going to be. That's a different story. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing the planning process, just get detailed with your numbers. You have to do some, some digging, some archiving. Very good. All right. Thanks, Kenneth and Jack, for those questions. If you have one for us, please send it in via the website, principalpreservationservices.com. Also, make sure to check out Retirement Reality On Demand, the YouTube channel. Mike's creating content once a week there. Again, all about financial education, much like this podcast. So check that out. Subscribe there. And please subscribe to our podcast as well. New episode every couple of weeks. And Mike, we'll look forward to talking to you then. Looking forward to it. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.